everybody, how's it going? This is Hub, and welcome back to another episode of Teen Titan Wasteland. Hope you're all doing terrifically. I'm doing pretty well myself. Thank you for asking. So, as often happens, I got the uh, themed song to the old Spider-Man TV show from the 60s stuck in my head. You know the one. It had previously been, I think, probably my favorite superhero theme music. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever a spider can. There's a line in it that really started bothering me, though. There's a part where the singer says, Is he strong? Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. Okay, that's true. It also in no way answers the question that you just asked. Is he strong? Oh, I'm assuming you're going to answer the rhetorical question that you just asked in musical form. Hooray. Listen, bud. He's got radioactive blood. You are changing the subject, sir. You basically said, is he strong? Listen, bud, his costume is red and blue. Okay? His radioactive blood doesn't necessarily make you strong. Could have any number of effects. The main one being, I think, that it would probably make you die. So, me and Corey were brainstorming and we came up with an alternate lyric that would be, is he strong? Listen, Glenn, he is stronger than 20 men. I think that would be pretty good. And also, it uh, it's a little bit less douchey than calling the rhetorical person you're singing to, listen, bud. It's less condescending anyway to actually use their name, and I assume that the song was written to someone named Glenn. As I said, it is no longer my favorite uh, superhero theme song because of that. I am instead going to the very briefly run quasi-animated series. It seemed to be just like motion capture comic book animation, also from the 60s of the old Incredible Hulk TV show, which was already pretty close to my favorite. But the theme song to that, you guys should look it up. It's great. It's old Doc Banner belted by gamma rays turns into the Hulk. Any unglamorate leaping all around smashing like a bull. What other monster clown could be so lovable as ever loving Hulk? Hulk, Hulk. No flaws with that song. He's a monster clown. He's unglamorate. Who could be more lovable? These are all the Hulk. This is a perfect song. I've had a lot of coffee. Let's get uh, into the synopsis, shall we? Today's synopsis rhyme is submitted by Michael Taylor Short. It's Teen Titans time, where Robin's obnoxious and Speedy detoxes. There's Mal, who boxes. Enjoy the synopsis. Thanks, Michael. Teen Titans, number 50, October 1977. Written by Bob Rosakis, drotted by Don Heck, with inks by Joe Giella. The Coast to Coast Calamities. Teen Titan Roll Call. Robin. Kid Flash. Speedy. Harlequin. Mal. Er, Hornblower. Er, Guardian. Wonder Girl. Bumblebee. And Lilith. And Hawk. And Dove. And Beast Boy. And Batgirl. And Golden Eagle. And... Okay, actually, I think that's it. But wow, that's a lot of Titans. Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, Harlequin, and Robin are returning from a visit upstate to Hudson University, where Robin and I guess Harlequin are students. Also, it's worth noting that Harlequin now looks like Nancy Reagan in her civilian identity, as well as her crime-fighting alter ego. Unsettling. Wally wonders why they're taking a train when he could totally run them back to Long Island in a few seconds. Nobody has a satisfactory answer to that question, so they all make fun of Wally for a couple of minutes. Dicks. Then the train and its tracks start flying up into the air. 
Some of the commuters noticed that that's not the sort of thing a train generally does, so the teens costume up to investigate. Wally uses his super speed to evacuate the passengers, while Donna uses her super strength to stop the train. Wow, Rozak has remembered that Wonder Girl has superpowers. Hooray! And it only took six issues. The quartet of costumed crime fighters noticed that while Wonder Girl was rediscovering her Amazonian powers, a group of criminals have been robbing the passengers that Wally had rescued from the train. Well, looks like it's time to re-rescue them. The leader of the crooks has a mask and cape, and his belt and gloves are adorned with a logo consisting of a backward C abutted by a frontward C. So, either he's a supervillain whose initials are CC, or he's a big fan of Coco Chanel. Man, I really hope it's the second one. Dang it. One of the underlings just called him Captain Calamity. Well, maybe it's both. I mean, just because you're a supervillain doesn't mean you can't like to smell nice. Harlequin and Robin make short work of Captain Calamity's thugs, but then the captain himself intervenes. The illiterative asshole fires a pair of pistols that shoot beams of bad luck at the Titans, and the teen heroes all either trip and fall or get muscle spasms. Thanks to the effect of the definitely not hex bolts, Calamity and his goons escape. Meanwhile, out in California, the sailors aboard an aircraft carrier, the USS Tippecanoe, are being treated to an exhibition match featuring tennis phenom Betty Kane. Because you know what the armed forces can't get enough of? Women's tennis. Unfortunately, the Tippecanoe has bigger problems than their entertainment booking, because as soon as Betty's match ends, the ship goes flying up into the air. Huh. Meanwhile, meanwhile, across town at Mammoth Studios, Gar Logan, aka Beast Boy, is filming an episode of the completely original TV show Space Trek 2020, when he notices the flying aircraft carrier. He uses his powers to change into a giant green-headed eagle with a terrible haircut and flies off to investigate. Meanwhile, 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 and yes, I'm aware that is not how that word works, a young long-haired slacker named Charlie Parker, no relation, is super bad at his job as a gas station attendant. So he quits and decides to go back to his old job, flying around in his knockoff Hawkman costume and calling himself Golden Eagle. Always good to have a backup plan in case that whole pumping gas thing doesn't work out. Meanwhile, meanwhile, mean... <sighs> also meanwhile... Back at the good ship Tippecanoe, we learn that one of the enlisted seamen is none other than the Titan's old frenemy Hank Hall, a.k.a. the Hawk. He changes into his superhero costume and decides to see what he can do about this whole flying aircraft carrier business. He meets up with Betty Kane, who has also changed outfits. Turns out she's Batgirl. No, not that one. The other one. The blonde one that no one remembers. The one that uses a hyphen in her name. The one that's been around longer, but is also somehow younger than the other one? The one that retired. Only, I guess not so much. It's complicated. Anyway, Bat-Girl and Hawk join forces to keep the seamen from spilling over the side of the flying ship. Thank goodness. Seamen could have been splattered all over California. Would have been a real mess. All the West Coast heroes we saw from the various Meanwhiles team up to watch Beast Boy grab onto the Tip Canoe's anchor, change into a giant green-faced elephant with a terrible haircut, and drag the ship back down to the ocean. Hooray! Great teamwork, guys. Then Hawk's brother, the Dove, shows up to say, hey, I'm here too. You know what? Nice try, Dove. But where were you when they needed you to pitch in and help them watch Beast Boy do things? Typical. Then Lilith shows up. Hooray! Lilith! Her psychic powers tell her that something weird's going on. She's getting bad vibes, but has no further information. Hooray! Lilith, you haven't changed a bit. Back on. In? 
Long Island, at the Titan's secret discotheque headquarters, Robin mentions that Donna and Wally are off talking to Donna's roommate Sharon Tracy about something, Speedy is being a dick, and Mal is continuing to not tell anyone that he lost his magic shofar. Suddenly, they hear a loud noise. When they get outside to check it out, they see a giant golden airplane about to crash into the ground. Only it doesn't. Instead, it burrows deep into the ground. Weird. Seems like a day for vehicles going where they're not supposed to, huh? Mal, now in his guardian costume, and Bumblebee jump into the hole to try to rescue the plane's passengers. Suddenly, the other Titans are confronted by supervillain-slash-possible-perfume-enthusiast Captain Calamity. He gets out his bad luck guns and threatens that unless the Titans surrender and allow him to carry out his nefarious plans, he will make the ground cave in, burying both the airplane and the two spelunking Titans attempting to rescue its passengers. Damn. Hey, you know what would have been cool? If instead of using bad luck guns, Captain Calamity had filled a giant atomizer with bad luck perfume. Like the atomizer Rick the Model Martell used to use in the WWF back in the 80s. I think his perfume was called Arrogance. And he'd either blind his opponents by spraying them in the face with it or just hit them over the head with the giant atomizer. That guy was rad. Yeah, Captain Calamity should do that instead. And joining us once again is my good-for-many-things brother, Corey. Corey, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Good. So, what'd you think? I thought that this was a wacky caper and pretty good, and <laughs> there was a lot going on, and it was good to see some of the old games. And... Mal kind of had a costume change in this issue. He started wearing his exoskeleton on the outside of his Guardian uniform. Oh, jeez. And also, on the cover, <laughs> he's back wearing his orange jumpsuit again. Okay, fine. Sorry. That's... I hate to interrupt. You know I hate to interrupt I you can part. tell by the it's look a... on your face that it pains For those of you that are listening deeply. at home, I am wearing an expression of the deepest contrition. Or glee. <laughs> You know, it's, uh, it's as a to... certain Martin Lawrence movie reminded us all. It's mm. a thin line between love and hate. Mm. That movie, of course, was Black Knight. Mm. I didn't see it. Oh, you're missing out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, so, mm. uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this issue, actually. Mm-hmm. It It's a setup issue, mm-hmm. but they are actually taking the time to use a whole issue to set up a further issue instead of just... At the end of the issue, having a stinger and like, oh, off panel, seven things happen that we'll need to resolve next issue. Sure. It is paced in a way that makes sense. And yeah, I like seeing the old Titans come back. Uh, It's nice to see Lilith again. Where the fuck is Gnark? Where the fuck is Gnark? I wanted Gnark up in this piece. Had a uh, falling out. Maybe. I mean, she seems like she was hanging out with Dove. Hmm. I don't like that match. I don't care for that. Also... How the fuck did they show up on the boat? The ship, I mean. I thought they had landed at that point. I think they, they well, Lilith's a psychic, so she gets to use the Duzex Machina of her psychic powers to just show up wherever she wants. And I think that Two-Face probably sent Dove a telepathic message. Oh, okay. I think, honestly, Lilith was hanging out with Dove and was like, hey, I'm getting some psychic shit. All these dudes are hanging out. You want to go hang out with a bunch of dudes that are all super and shit? Mm. And they did, because mm. it was rad. Yeah, but then she says, we were all drawn here together, and I'm getting, like, super creepy vibes about why. Mm-hmm. So I guess, yeah, she maybe did get a psychic message that yeah. drew her there for some reason. But it, maybe it's a trap. Maybe. I don't know. It could be. It seems like it might be a trap. Possibly. Yeah. 
Okay, there's a there's a bunch. So before we get into this issue too deep, um, there's a couple of things from the last issue that I did want to bring up. Okay. Because I learned things, man. All right. You had made a very good point. I did. That I didn't fully realize at the time. What point was this? Well, you brought up that weird, like, stylized M on the chest of Mal's jersey. Right. You said it looked like some maybe some kind of an astrological sign. Right. It was. What? The guy who created the costume was a fan of the Teen Titans named Dan Elier. Mm-hmm. I'm probably mispronouncing mm-hmm. that. I almost always do. Right. Just with names in general. I know. It's the first time I think I've said that guy's name out loud. So, we'll see. But, he was a fan. He sent in a number of different designs. Mm. They chose that one because it was the best. Okay. But, he had also come up with a different number of different names for Mal's character. None of which was Hornblower. Hmm. The name that he had submitted to go along with that particular costume was Ares. And that symbol is the astrological sign for Ares. And the reason he suggested the name Ares was because... It's a ram's horn that he's blowing. That is fascinating. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Hmm. There is also kind of a tie-in with them just ganking shit from fans of the comic book. Hmm. Because I was having a correspondence with a fan of our program named Martin Gray. Hi, man. How's it going? Hey. But he told me that he was talking with a woman named Carol Strickland, I believe the name is. And they were talking about Teen Titan stuff, and it was apparently, she was a prolific letter writer to a number of different comic books in the 70s, and one of them was Teen Titans, and she had suggested that they bring back a character named Batgirl, Mm -hmm. who, Betty Kane, and said that, and you could know, you could shorten her name to Bet, because Bet Midler's really big right now, and like, that would make her seem like a new character. Mm. Uh, Why not bring her back and have her do some superhero stuff? Mm -hmm. And so they just did. But I don't think they ever gave her any credit for it, or even responded to her letter. Oh, shit. They're just like, oh, that's a good idea, we'll do that. Mm, and yeah, I don't know to what extent that's just, like, intellectual theft, and to what extent it's, like, crowdsourcing, I guess it would be called now, which honestly, to me, kind of amounts to the same thing. I but I think it is interesting that, that these two people made very big contributions to the Teen Titans. Mm. I guess Dan Elie's contribution wasn't that big in that... The costume shows up for most of an issue. About half an issue. Well, it did make, uh, I think, but, your favorite panel in the last oh, episode. Oh, totally. Yeah. So and it does briefly show up in this issue um, that Mal is packing it away in a box. So that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's <laughs> keeping it. Yeah. And he's telling Karen it's a great costume. It's just, I can't wear this. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I wish I could. I want people to wreck the disco again. Yeah, That's man. The it's those rocket reason. rollers. They showed up. The thing is, he got the costume and put it on after the rocket rollers had showed up and trashed the place. Well, it's he just wants people to think he's retired from crime fighting entirely, which is why yeah. he needs the disguise of the uh, the other costume. Yeah, the disguise that covering up a half little bit less face. than half of his face yeah. affords. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, and, and also... This is never brought up as a problem for Wonder Girl, who wears no disguise at all. Mm-hmm. And is always hanging out in her civilian identity. Mm-hmm. We did get to see her uh, her roommates apparently coming back. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And we talked about her in the last issue, because last issue, Joker's daughter, I'm sorry, Harlequin, mm. looked a lot like Sharon Tracy used to look. Mm-hmm. And like, cute girl with kind of a pixie cut. Mm-hmm. This issue, she looks very different. Not, she is going full Nancy Reagan. Not good. No, it's mm. not. And she really, she looks like 
a middle-aged Nancy Reagan. It's not good. In her teenage identity as, like, and she has the same hair and makeup, basically. It's just, like, not powdered white. I wasn't crazy about the way that the Titans' faces were drawn in, in this issue overall. Yeah, the artist on this issue is a guy named Don Heck, who, frankly, I think gets a lot more shit than he deserves, but he is not well-respected in general by fans as a uh, comic book artist. Hmm. I, I don't think that's entirely an earned reputation. I think for the most part he does a pretty good job in this issue, but yeah, that a lot of the faces look a little bit off in some panels. In some panels, I think they look great. There's a lot going on in this issue, too, in terms of detail. All the panels are very dense. There's a yeah. lot of things happening. Um, he, he has to look for a pretty, lot of different uh, animals. Pretty goofy elephant. He really does. Yeah, I he draws a few different goofy-looking Beast Boy animals. I'm so glad to see Beast Boy is back. Likewise. I, I miss that guy. We haven't seen him since, what, issue six? Issue five? It's been a long time. Boggles the mind. Man. Hmm. Where has he been? Well, apparently he's been using his animal powers to get leading roles on cool TV shows. Yeah. I would watch that show. I would totally watch that show. Yeah. I mean, I kind of did watch that show. It basically seems like he got a job on Star Trek The Next Generation. Mm-hmm. Like, he's basically there. Okay. It's more like Deep Space Nine. It's basically if Odo from Deep Space Nine oh. uh, was a practical effect instead of a, a CGI effect. Mm. Odo was the shapeshifter who was played by... Rene Ozerbijanis? It's something like that is his last name. I mostly knew this dude because he played the prick on Benson. What? Yeah. Do you remember the show Benson? Yeah. Yeah, he was like the bad guy. Like, I mean, not like a bad, bad guy, but he was like the bad guy with the heart of gold, kinda. Mm. Who was like, that's always suspicious of Benson. Whoa. You know? They put weird nose makeup on him on DS9. Oh, yeah, that's not his real nose. Okay, good. Because yeah. I didn't recognize him from Benson. <laughs> I was like, that uh, is, that's uh, a damn shit. That's an ugly dude. Yeah. Easy. I think Rene is a fine-looking man. Um, it's just the makeup they used. Yeah, but basically, he is who Beast Boy plays in this. But on a show called Space Trek 2020, <laughs> yeah. which is a great name for a show. Was that the name of the show? In the that movie? was the name of the show in the comic book. Oh, shit. Yeah, Space Trek 2020. Yeah, good uniforms. Yeah, good uniforms. Good. I, I really, like I said, like I think that that is probably done more often in the DC universe than gets brought up, where their special effects or movies and shit are just practical effects. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, uh, why don't we hire one of these super strong flying dudes that somebody thought would make a great superhero at one point to just pick that car up and make it fly around, mm-hmm. you know? We'll say it was done with magic or some shit, mm-hmm. you know? Why not? Yeah. I like that show. I like that we get to see Beast Boy again. And so that was pretty cool. I like that we get to see Bet Kane coming back as Batgirl. She was... Batwoman was a character in Batman, like, way back in the day. I think, mm-hmm. like, late Golden Age mm. era. Possibly early Silver Age. But I think that was actually Golden Age stuff. And she had a sidekick that was named Batgirl, mm-hmm. who was this character. And I like that they brought her back. Mm-hmm. And, like, the, at this point, regular Batgirl, Barbara Gordon Batgirl, was in full swing. But this is the original But this Batgirl. is the original Batgirl. And they brought her back. I think they later on changed the character's name to Flamebird, which is fine. Sure. Um, why not? Yeah. But uh, I like that she gets introduced in an interesting way. Because you know what enlisted Navy cadets love? What? Women's tennis. 
They can't get enough of it. You put a women's tennis exhibition on on a battleship, mm-hmm. you are going to have a good-ass time. It was very fancy. And we got to see that Hawk has enlisted in the Navy, which makes sense that he would join the armed forces, I suppose. Sure. It's always weird for me to see Hawk and Dove out of the context of the late 60s, early 70s, because they really seem like they are so of that time as Mm -hmm. characters that it's weird to see them in the late 70s. But it's nice to see the ways that they've moved on. I really do wonder what Dove's been up to. I don't know, man. Dove makes so little sense as a superhero. Nope, he's a bad idea. Yeah. I'm curious as to how they do that. Like, yeah, I'm wondering how he's going to do a great job. On the cover of the book, he looks really pissed. The angriest I have ever seen him uh, drawn. Yeah, yeah. he re- and he really does look like he's doing kind of a classic hawk pose where he's like, come on, let's go. Yeah, let's fight. Yeah, but he, I don't think that's he's not really trying to do that's it. That's not his he's just, way. He's just going to hug it out. Yeah, man, they're going to hug so hard. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the bad guy that we know of? Captain Calamity. Uh, Coco Chanel. <laughs> I, he really, Corey pointed this out, his... Uh, his belt buckle and like his, I, I assume his logo mm-hmm. looks a lot like the Coco Chanel logo. It's a backward C next to a frontward C. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, maybe that's not a superhero deal. Maybe he just bought a really fancy belt. He stole it, man. Yeah, he's not he's buying got, anything. Yeah. Well, maybe he was, bought it with stolen money. Maybe so. I liked him as a bad guy. I liked that he, his sort of cowl, like kind of had a sort of a, like a menacing kind of judge dread almost look sort of thing but he also looked kind of cross-eyed a lot of the yeah, time it's kind of a weird costume design because it's just a very generic costume mm-hmm. that has like the the cnc music factory thing going on Yo. um yeah but his cowl it's just like a standard half hood cowl mm-hmm. but then it like has a big x over the top of it yeah it made me think he should be driving a fast car oh yeah like a racer x yeah yeah no, I think that's a good call. And he had a gun that can do whatever. ostensibly anything. Well, it's that's a power you see crop up a lot. He basically has Scarlet Witch's powers mm. from the Marvel Universe. Mm. Where it's like, I can make bad luck happen to you. Mm. It seems like he has two guns that fire bad luck. Which is pretty cool. Well, though, also, like, real, like, witchcrafty action at a distance stuff where, like, he shoots Wonder Girl and she's like, ah, arms and legs moving out of my control. See, this is what I don't like about it, and it's I don't like how they wrote Mal's horn in a similar way. I'm fine with his guns firing bad luck at them, but he seems to know what kind of bad luck it's going to be. And I don't think that there there are that many, like, dial settings on his gun to do that. And he's like, oh, this will fuck you up in some way. Mm-hmm. Something bad's going to happen if I do this. Sure. I don't like that he knows which bad thing it's going to be. Mm. It, it's a really minor sticking point because either way, it's pretty implausible. Does he? Does he announce it first? Yeah. Mm. I think he's, he does that to Wonder Girl. He's like, you're going to do this. And I thought and he you're said, going like, to this shit's going to fuck you up. And then she's like, ah, oh, my arms and legs. Let's take a look. I know at the end he says, or I fire this gun and it will cause an avalanche that caves in the plane and buries everyone with it. That's true. Maybe that's a different... Maybe that's just his avalanche gun. She's doing her rope trip. It's a little unclear what the timing is because it's as he fires, he says, what a shame, a sudden muscle spasm spoiled your aim. Oh, no, you're right. He called it muscle spasm. That's yeah. what happened. That's an awful thing to do to somebody. Oh, yeah. That's like Not giving as somebody awful, like, cramps. Okay, as... It's pretty bad. It um, is pretty bad. 
It could be worse. I guess you're right. It could be. Well, I'm just saying, Captain Calamity's, like, henchmen, first of all, he doesn't really seem to have their respect very much. No, they're just kind of, they're criminals. And they tell him, like, keep your shirt on. And they, like, they strike me as total, like, old-time radio henchmen. Mm-hmm. Like, they totally probably have, like, the, oh, yeah, you guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they do. I can see that. And they they sass him, and also, like, he's like, hey, you don't need to do that. That's crass. When, like, one of them smacks Wonder Girl from behind. Knocks her out with a Yeah. After she's having her muscle spasm. Not cool. Yeah, no need for that sort of theatrics. So crass. Mm. And he's just, and the guy's like, yeah, if I had a gun, I would have shot all four of them. Yep. Like, whoa. Easy, dude. That's why you don't have guns. Yeah. And yeah, that's why Frenchman. Captain Calamity just is like, I'm going to keep these bad luck guns. If you want to join my gang, I'll pay you well. We've got a Cobra plan. Both in that, you know, if once you quit, then you have health care for a year. And also, uh, it's an evil organization like Cobra. Oh, charming. Yeah. Yeah. yeah double. Yeah. No. So, But uh, he seems like a good employer overall but he does not get the respect i don't know i think yeah he's got to show a little more backbone with his employees to be a real leader yeah they they really don't seem to think much of him because no. like he's like snap it up boys the law will be here any minute and they're like keep your pants on captain calamity we're working as fast as we can and then they're they're being bad hitting people yep yeah, i don't know they seem like they're jerkier than he is and he's certainly not not a jerk Again, I am enjoying the return to needlessly overly complicated um, devices for robbing people. Yeah, and such. Yeah, that's that's fun. It is. It, it, it that is a nice. It's a nice callback. So we've talked about most of who the West Coast contingent of the team are. I think the exception would be Golden Eagle. Yeah, he. Do you happen to catch what his uh, alter ego's name is? I forgot. His name is Charlie Parker. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. You know, yeah. bird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's Golden Eagle. Oh, they're having a little bit of fun with that. Yeah. He's a, like, he showed up in, like, I, I had to do some research because I wasn't that familiar with him. I guess he showed up in an old Justice League comic initially. And his origin was he was a big Hawkman fan. Mm-hmm. And in this comic, everybody thinks he's Hawkman at first. So he was a big Hawkman fan who made a homemade Hawkman costume that I guess he just wore around town. Mm-hmm. And then a supervillain shot him with some kind of a ray that he was using mostly to give people animal heads. Um, <laughs> but with in this case, it somehow turned his, like... I'm assuming shitty cardboard Hawkman costume uh, into a really good Hawkman costume and made him look just like Hawkman because Hawkman was off planet at the time. Mm. And then I guess at the end of the thing, he like gave up his Hawkman wings. Mm -hmm. And then I guess when Hawkman came back, he was like, hey, I heard some bad guy shot you with a ray. Sorry about that. Here's a fully functional Hawkman costume that can fly and shit. Yeah, here you go. I like this guy. He seems like a weird slacker character that you don't see a lot of at this time in comic books. He can't hold his job down at the gas station because he lets people walk all over him. Mm-hmm. And then he flies up and does absolutely nothing to help. Like, Beast Boy runs up, grabs the anchor of the ship, which is completely levitating at this point, mm-hmm. and decides that the only way to bring it back to Earth is to grab onto it 
and turn into an elephant. Mm-hmm. And that'll anchor it down. And he sees this guy who he thinks is Hawkman fly up. And he's like, hey, buddy, can you lend a hand? And he's like, sure. Doesn't really do anything. I think mm-hmm. he flies up and, like, also grabs onto the chain. Yeah. So, it's you know. weird that the idea, like, it seems like gravity is not affecting this ship at all. Because a aircraft carrier, it would seem to me... Slightly heavier than an elephant? Heavier than an elephant. And yet mm-hmm. it's able to fly. But if you add the weight of an elephant to it, it's like, oh, okay, now it's just going to sink back down to the ground. Mm-hmm. But I guess that works. Yeah, well, you know, physics, right? Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> good point, physics. I wasn't thinking. I yeah. wasn't thinking about physics. It's comic physics. Yeah, no, it was a, yeah. it was a good plan. Aircraft? Yeah, but I like this Charlie Parker character. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> I that's, think that's great. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah, well, let's see. What else is going on in here? Why do you think it was just Wally and Wonder Girl that were invited to check out Hudson University? They left Mal and Karen and Speedy back home. Do they not go to college? Are they older than the other Titans? Maybe she invited everybody and and And, it was just those two that went. Maybe. Or... It just seemed kind of weird. Yeah. Well, I I think also, you know, Speedy was worried that... um, Kid Flash is trying to put the put the moves, or is it the other way around? Wait. Well, Speedy's worried that Kid Flash is going to put the moves on yeah. Wonder Girl, but mm-hmm. wouldn't that make him more likely to go with them? So, or maybe do you think that... They didn't want him there because he's a dick. Yeah, no, he's a total dick. Do you think that Harlequin and Robin are trying to hook up Donna and Wally? Like, do you think that whole trip was like... Them doing, like, Wally Asal and being like, hey, mm. why don't we go? Oh, no, they probably won't want to go. It's uh, Roy isn't really college material. And uh, Karen and Mal, they're, they're just going to hang out back home and decide whether what costumes to wear. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most likely scenario. Yeah, it is weird. Like, I guess, so in the first post-Haney issue, mm. it was brought up that Wally is super into Wonder Girl. Mm-hmm. And then they totally dropped that again until now. Mm -hmm. It's like they haven't said anything about it for the past like five or six issues. And now this issue starts off with like, oh man, I sure hope she likes me. And like, and then Roy's concerned about it again. They really just picked that right back up. They did. They did establish it, I guess, briefly in the the first issue back. But eh, I feel like they could have put in a little bit more legwork in the intervening issues. If they want that to be a plot point. Seems like it's just there, and every now and then they were like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, let's make this a love triangle. People like that, right? Yeah. I don't know. Do it. Yeah. There are not a ton of West Coast superheroes, it turns out. Hmm. They were saying, like, this is all of the superheroes on the West Coast. Green Lantern's the only one that's missing. Yeah. There are so many superheroes in the DC Universe. They all live on the East Coast. Wow. Or, I guess, in the Midwest, maybe. Mm. I've always been a little bit... I feel like Metropolis is kind of like a stand-in for Chicago, and Gotham is a stand-in for New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no West Coast superheroes at this Maybe point. Maybe Minneapolis. Yeah. Metropolis. There's in the, probably. <laughs> Metropolis is maybe Minneapolis. Maybe. Because it's got an Apolis. Well. Wait. Opolis. They got, it's got take, a polis. Take your pick. Yeah. <laughs> from the Greek. Yeah, from the Greek. Meaning? City. Yeah. Good call. I think. Probably. So, East Coast versus West Coast. Who do you think is going to win in that fight? Mm, I've been reading the East Coast guys winning for so long, it's hard for me me to imagine them 
failing. Yeah, well, and in terms of, well, you got honestly, you got Wonder Girl. Wait, does Mel have his horn back yet? No, it's still missing. No, I'm just saying in the hypothetical. Oh no, no, it's a fight with them as is. If Mel has his horn, then all bets are off, right? Because it's even odds. Yeah, well, Hawk and Dove are going to screw things up pretty sure. good. Uh, I don't know much about Batgirl. Lilith doesn't really seem to do much. I mean, she's got some judo. She's got some, she's got some pretty good judo chops. Yeah. But I don't think she's really a match for any of the other Titan. It, it's really... You got Beast Boy. Beast Boy's a wild card. He could do great, or he could just be like, I'll be an ant and get really tiny. And then be like, dude, that's Yeah, but why me. would he do that? Just like if he made a bad decision, I'm saying. He's, you know... For, it could yeah, happen. but okay, if Wonder Girl makes the bad decision to just lie down and go to sleep in the middle of a fight, too. Well, there's that also. So, pending pending nobody makes bad calls, I'm going to say that uh, the East Coasters have East a... Coast have an edge in just, just in that they have Wonder Girl. Exactly. Because other than that, they're like... And they've got Kid Flash, too. Really, either one of those could be written as, like, a almost all-powerful being. Yep, he could just vibrate through everybody. Yep, and Wonder Girl can just pick up Mount Rushmore and throw it at him. Mm-hmm. And sorry. Yeah, okay. You're going to be the flattest elephant on the block, Beast Boy. With the worst hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That was a trope I had forgotten about. Trump hair. Yeah, Trump hair on all of the animals that Gar turns into. And they also just have a green head mm-hmm. at this point. Later on, they change his power so that like the whole animal turns green. Oh. Which And it doesn't necessarily have a weird haircut. Oh, okay. Which makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. So about that train ride they're taking at the beginning. There's some interesting people on that train. There's a David and a Rosalie. They're mm-hmm. concerned about the, the train being in bad shape, which is reasonable. Mm-hmm. It's truly a horrific event. We never exactly find out why they're riding the train to begin with. And I think, I think that... that would maybe lead into it being a setup from Robin and Harlequin. Mm. You said they did? No, I was going to ask if they were the parents of that little idiot, Joshy. Oh, man. That Joshy. I, I definitely want to talk about Joshy a, a, a little bit, because that kid's weird, man. Before we get to Joshy, Kid Flash brings up, like, oh, man, why are we taking this train? It's so slow. Mm-hmm. I think they really are trying to set him and Donna up because they like him and don't like Roy. Mm. Because they never explain. He's like, why are we taking the slow train? I could run you guys there in no time. And it's true. They just are like, oh, you always rushing. But none of them seem to like the train very much. And there is no reason why they are on it. Except that, yeah, I think it's a setup. And right when they say, oh, you need to slow down and everything, he's like, he has that thought bubble of like, well, I'm being like really slow with macking on Donna and it's not working. So. Yeah, you're not being slow. You're being non-existent yeah, in your actions. Yeah, not doing anything. Yeah. He's being a real Portland Pete. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of a thing out here. Mm, guilty. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, let's get, let's talk about Joshy. Yeah, so this kid doesn't have... I mean, okay, some some kids like danger and excitement, roller coaster sure. rides, etc. If you're on a train and shit like that happens, like it's suddenly 100 feet up in the air... And yeah, I don't think anybody's initial response is going to be, Wee! Yeah, fun train ride. Not a kid that's old enough... Okay, he's drawn as though he's about like six or seven. Mm-hmm. Actually, in the first panel, he is drawn as though he is a ventriloquist dummy. 
creepy. It is super creepy, and it looks like he's a ventriloquist dummy going like, Wee, what a fun ride! Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, why did you bring that ventriloquist dummy on the train? Yeah. And I guess maybe he's trying to, like, the ventriloquist is trying to interject a moment of levity into this, but... Or it's like a therapy doll and somebody's really nervous, and that's just... Like, yeah, maybe it's, it's like, wait, oh, okay, yeah, that would be a way to look at this. But then, as... <laughs> Kid Flash uses his power to offload everybody, and he gets a piggyback ride. He gives little Joshy a piggyback ride off of the train. And Joshy says... In perfect English. We, Joshy, get piggyback ride. Mm. This kid looks like he's like eight. And he's not talking like a toddler. He's talking like a fucking caveman. No Mm. offense, Ganark. But Gnark isn't in this issue for some goddamn reason, so I guess he can't take offense. Yeah, that is a weird, creepy kid. Yeah. What the fuck is up with that kid? And then after Kid Flash gets knocked out accidentally with the sleeping powder, the kid's like, like, we're trying to, like, poke him and wake him up and be like, hey, can I get another piggyback ride? Oh, that's right. It's <laughs> like, what a dick. That kid's an idiot. You're old enough to know when somebody's, like, passed out. Like, don't ask him for shit. What yeah. do you think? Maybe Especially... Not. It's like you just watched a robbery. He's like, piggybacks for Joshy again, sir? At least he calls him sir. At least he said sir. But no, no, Joshy. No piggybacks for you. Yeah. Fucking weirdo. Yeah. Didn't care for that kid. Anything else you want to bring up about the uh, the issue? Are you ready to get into favorite panels and such? Uh, No, just other than I, I appreciate the, like you said, the setup. And I'm very curious to hear for what nefarious, ostensibly, nefarious purpose the west coasters have been brought together yeah i don't know what captain calamity's deal is man mm-hmm. i'm i'm curious as well also we are promised in the next issue the return of aqualad mm-hmm. and a showdown with captain calamity mm. yeah should be interesting i'm looking forward to it the plane crash on the east coast that ends the issue that where the plane just burrows into the ground mm-hmm it's so weird. The plane, it's not just crashing. It is going completely at 90 degrees down into the earth and then tunneling. It also appears to be made out of solid gold. Mm-hmm. What the fuck is up with that airplane? Ask Captain Calamity. Is that a Captain Calamity move that, that is doing? I mean, I'm assuming that's why it's burrowing into the ground. Used I his gun. Yes. Did Is the plane gold or is that just a weird art choice that was made? I think it's a weird art choice. I think it was supposed to be just like a Just a regular plane. Yeah, plane. Yeah. That weirded me out. Mm-hmm. So, what was your favorite dialogue? I had a couple contenders. Um, okay. The first one is where Robin is... Like, there's so much weird shit happening in the issue. There's a couple points where, where, where various characters are like ask somebody else to verify what's going on. Like, this is going to sound weird, but is there a giant elephant hanging on the thing or yeah. whatever? And uh, Robbins is, he um, says that, you know, he may be a candidate for the nut farm. Yeah, because of I like blah, that blah, blah. too. That was a good turn of phrase. I yeah. enjoyed. Yeah, I liked that. Uh, I had a couple that were from Beast Boy, mm. actually. When he first turns into an eagle... As he does it, he yells... I'm assuming he tries out different catchphrases with different animals that he turns into. But he yells out, Wings away! And <laughs> turns into a giant eagle. That's pretty And good. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. I guess I just had one of his dialogue moments. I had a couple of favorite panel potentials. I had a couple, actually, that were from the bad guys. One of the bad guys, as he is robbing 
an old lady, says, Give me that bag, you old bag. Ah, uh, yes. I really enjoyed that. Yep, that got me to chuckle as well. Yep. Uh, what else? Did you have any more? I got one other, and it's and it's kind of an extended bit, and it's and it's actually the one that I just referenced, where but the, it cracked yeah. me up, and uh, and it's um, Hawk peering over the edge of the uh, the Navy ship when it's still in the air, talking to Batgirl, and he says, "I know this whole caper is bananas, Batgirl, but take a look overboard and tell me if you see Hawkman and a green faced elephant hanging onto that anchor, like." That's the sort of thing I can imagine, like, you know, maybe you and a friend have gone camping and right. taking too many mushrooms or something, and sure. just, I'm just like, hey, can you come here and tell me if, uh, is that dragon? This is going to sound crazy, but yeah, no, I get that. My other favorite dialogue is, once again, from one of the hoods that is uh, one of Captain Calamity's thugs. And after hitting Wonder Girl in the back and knocking her out, Mm -hmm. he says, Captain Calamity reprimands him for that. Mm -hmm. And his response is, if I had a rod, I'd have blown away all four of them. Yeah, if I didn't have the context of shooting people, I would have been... I would not heard that as a a word to mean gun before. I had, and the main place I had heard it as a metaphor, and that's probably why it made the cut uh, as my favorite dialogue is because it reminded me of a song from Robin and the Seven Hoods, which is a awesome movie. It's a Rat Pack movie. But Sammy Davis Jr. has a song about how much he likes shooting guns, and he refers to them as rods in that. And specifically, the song goes, Cause I get so high when a rod is nearby. (laughs) And that cracked me up so much. <laughs> and he goes, because I love the fun of shooting off a gun and going bang, bang, bang. Mm. But that is how I know that rod means gun. And I enjoyed being reminded of that scene in the movie. You guys should totally see Robin and the Seven Hoods. You should see Robin and the Seven Hoods. Okay. It's a very uneven movie, but there is a great scene where Peter Falk plays the bad guy who's the stand-in for Guy Gisborne. And he plays Guy... Guy Gisborne, or Sir Guy of Gisborne, uh, and he plays Guy Gisborne, and he totally, like, talk sings Henry Higgins-style his way through a song, and it's just really charming to watch Peter Falk do that. Hmm. Because I love Peter Falk. You can only think of him as Columbo. Yeah. he, oh. Me too, but seeing him play a gangster in pre-Columbo days, hmm. it makes sense. Just one more thing. Yeah, yeah. There was an interview with him in which he said that uh, being for a criminal being investigated by Columbo must be like being nibbled to death by a duck. Oh. I really enjoyed that. Oh. Yeah, I love that guy. So, what was your favorite panel? I had <laughs> a couple of them. The first one is on page five, and it's uh, Duella's um, boxing glove on a spring knocking out a bad guy. I, I really enjoyed that, too. I almost wrote that down, but I, I didn't quite, because I wasn't sure what I liked so much about it, but it was a fun panel. Yep, that was goofy and weird. That yeah, I have another one, too. I, I have a couple, and then there's the real one. Well, it, it, this one involves Beast Boy, and it's the Wings Away one again, mm. where it's him changing into a giant eagle with a green face and Donald Trump haircut. Mm-hmm. Very nice panel, transformation, and into a weird animal. And also the gold plane crash. Mm-hmm. But my real favorite panel is this super derpy-looking elephant hanging from an anchor. I was gonna, I was going to choose that one, and then I just couldn't... 
It's a really badly drawn yeah, elephant, too. Yeah, it's so bad. Like, <laughs> but I just like, but I, it makes me so happy looking at it. Yeah. Yeah, no, that was... I was going to write that down, and I was like, Corey, Corey, you can't you can't write it down just because it's so goofy. Hey, I can and did. Okay. And well, I'm glad you did. Yes. Well, what was your favorite? Uh, I, it's on page 11, and I titled it uh, Saving Semen, and it's, <laughs> it's the one where... Um, there's a bunch of sailors are going to fall off the end of the boat and the, the perspective is really cool because they're all at the end of the boat close to the viewer and they're all freaked out and then they're being roped and, and saved by a hawk and a bad girl. Yeah. It's a good dynamic panel with things happening and it's well drawn. Yeah, the real way to save Seaman is you have to feed him and talk to him every day and you can't take, if, if you go on vacation, take your Sega Dreamcast with you. Oh, man, back to Fish Face Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, man. Okay. I mean, th- I kept saying that, I think, because I was drunk. Mm. It's actually Human Face Fish Leonard Nimoy, which is way creepier. Wait, the voice is Leonard Nimoy's the voice? The voice is Leonard Nimoy's voice. It's a fish with a human face. Mm. Very creepy. Okay. These things should not exist. I like better to say Fish Face Leonard Nimoy. I like, to, I like saying it better that way, but it's less accurate. Yes, okay, fair. All right. Who is your favorite Titan? My favorite Titan this issue, hands down, is uh, Wonder Girl because she stopped a train yes. like a badass. Yes, she did. I, I was tempted to, to go in a Beast Boy direction, but I was so happy to see in a Rosakis issue Wonder Girl actually using her super strength. And she has a weird line, too, where I think it's Harlequin is congratulating her on doing a great job. And she's like, yeah, it's a good thing or else I would have been sent flying. It's like... Backwards. Backwards. Yeah, it's like, it's a good thing. She's basically just saying, yeah, it's a good thing I'm super strong and awesome and did this. Mm-hmm. That was close. Yeah. If I sucked, then I would be dead. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's true. That's a weird way to react to that, though, I think. Yeah, I mean, she was probably still a little flustered and just didn't know how to answer the question or, the, yeah. or respond to the praise. Yeah. Learn to take a compliment, Wonder Girl. Yeah, just say thanks. Yeah, just say thanks. I do my best. I try. Yeah. I think she was maybe just a little bit creeped out by the full Nancy Reagan experience that is Yeah, Duella Dent these days. And that it went from last issue, her being a normal slash fairly attractive teenage girl, to her being middle-aged Nancy Reagan. In the age, I feel, to the way in which her face is drawn in this issue, uh, vacillates between middle age and then has some, like, creepy, like, old lady moment. There was yeah. one panel where I was just like, ugh. Yeah. Not not that old ladies are make me say, ugh. No, but that's the way true. That You're a terrible person. You, you, when you walk down the street, you just do that all the time. Like, ugh, get younger. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Scary comic. Mm. Mm. Yes. Quite. Well, thank you so much for joining us, dear listener. If you need to contact us, please do so at ttwasteland at gmail.com for all your contacting us needs. Um, I'm going to try to set up uh, Instagram and Twitter because I've been talking about that. It just seems like it would make sense. I should probably do that. Okay. If you guys want to do that for me, you can do that for me. Also, do some other chores for me. (laughs) This place is a real mess. You guys come over and tidy things up, please. I'm kidding. You don't have to do that. Uh, I do appreciate how many of you have been writing in and uh, 
I've gotten some very nice synopsis rhymes and letters of support and congratulations on us being born a year ago as a podcast again. Oh. And uh, we got another Patreon donation the other day, which I very much appreciate. Thanks, Nicholas. And, yeah, thank you guys so much for your support. If you would like to make a Patreon donation, uh, patreon.com backslash ttwasteland. And, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. Never did figure out what that uh, catchphrase we forgot about was. Did you? What? Remember last week we forgot what the catchphrase that we used to end the show with was? Oh, yeah, I was thinking about that. And um, I I think that I we just we made them. We don't. There isn't one. Okay. We got them all. I'm pretty sure... There is, but I don't want to listen to our old episode. <laughs> if anybody has a catchphrase, yeah, why don't you missed. send in more catchphrases at ttwasteland at gmail.com for all your contacting us needs. Mm. Dickie York! I get to live another day. Okay, it's another hour. Hour. You do get to live another day, too. Thank goodness. But, uh, you know, just slow your roll, buddy. Oh. <laughs> Take it an hour at a time. Consider it Aqualad style. Alright, alright. Alright. And they know it. Wonder Woman in Kooky Lamu on Broadway. Times Square. Steve Trevor, posing for a publicity photo, accidentally touches the wrong wire and creates a short circuit on a huge electric poster. Kooky Lamu, the movie star, electric sign, strangely comes to life and becomes Kooky Lamu, grotesque movie star, 60 feet tall, and goes berserk. I'm a big star, Steve Howard. You be my press agent. Ha 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 Help, Kooky Lamu's escaped from the movie sign, and she's gone crazy. Ah! <laughs> Suffering Sappho, it's my darling Steve. And as they say in comic books, this is really a job for Wonder Woman. But really? Flexing her slender, sinewy muscles, Wonder Woman <laughs> spins her magic lasso. Before the lasso can do its magic, Kooky pulls Wonder Woman up to her. This is no way for a movie star to behave. Think of your image, dear. Yes, my image. Now's my chance. Kooky, have a Twinkie snack cake from Hostess. Who can resist that golden sponge cake with creamed filling? Come up and see me again with more Twinkie snack cakes. Happy Hermes, my lasso still has its magic. And Twinkie snack cakes are still delicious on or off Broadway. Kooky Lamu, when you're nice, we love you. And Twinkie Snack Cakes, we always love you. Smile! You get a big delight in every bite of Hostess Twinkie Snack Cakes. (laughs) (laughs) Not our best work. (laughs) That was tough material.